Welcome everyone to the Ken Hill Podcast. I'm Ken Hill. My goal with the podcast is to share the techniques and habits of what the best motorcycle riders in the world do to thrive and survive in a sport that has consequences. Using my 20 plus years of riding and training at the highest levels, I wanna make these techniques and habits accessible to every rider in the world. The podcast structure is deliberate. I don't have sponsors. The duration relative to many other podcasts is short, making it simple to listen multiple times, and I only release a new podcast when I feel I have something to share. I'm not cranking out podcasts because my sponsors say I need to. You listeners are my sponsors, and I appreciate the donations, which can be made via the podcast page on my website, khcoaching.com. And now, here's today's episode. Welcome to the Ken Hill Podcast. This is your host, Ken Hill, and this is podcast number 87. I know with the podcast, we spend most of our time um, with the topics with the writer, and it's, it's really where the hallmark of where I want to be involved uh, is in writer development. That said, I'm a gearhead too. Uh, I've tried to, I try to do my best to separate being a gearhead versus the writing development part of it. But oh my gosh, I love, I love stuff. I love cars. I love motorcycles. I love tinkering. I, I mean, it's just, it's so much fun. And um, it is, it's a huge part of uh, my passion for the sport. And to be fair, I don't talk about it enough. Or I, I don't I don't talk about motorcycles, or I don't talk about gear, or I don't, and that it is something that I'm going to be working on. So have have some patience with me um, on this, and I, I I will try to do more things with gear, uh, as well as even some interviews uh, this up this upcoming year. So <clears throat> I got asked this question um, a few weeks ago. Hey, what were the best bikes that you rode in 2021? And, you know, being the typical gearhead and passionate guy, I'm like, oh, oh yeah, this, this one, oh no, wait a minute, this one, yeah, this one was, oh man, I forgot about this one. And so I said, you know what, I'm gonna make, I'm gonna make a list and uh, we're gonna rate some bikes and put together a top 10 list. I mean, hopefully this is something that I can do on an annual basis, uh, but it is, it is super fun and it was, a, it was also a very good exercise. So, the topic is, yeah, the top 10 bikes I rode in 2021. And before we dive into that, I uh, want to get some housekeeping out of the way for the, for the upcoming podcast. And the first one is, I don't have any bike sponsors. So I'm not sponsored by any manufacturer. I'm not, I have, I have very few sponsors. I'll talk about that in a second. But I have no bike sponsors. So I purchase my motorcycles. I purchase all of my parts just like everybody else. So no, no manufacturers throwing bikes at me and there's no bias there. Um, and that's actually one of the cool things is if I don't have that, then uh, I can say whatever the hell it is uh, I wanna say. Uh, and there's, there's, we'll get to that also in just a second. Uh, to, second, I don't, I don't, I have some sponsors, but those sponsors understand that that, that comes with transparency. So again, my, my sponsors are, are mainly Dunlop tires uh, Dunlop obviously knows that I ride other bikes with their other brand of tires, but I pre predominantly ride Dunlops. Um, <clears throat> done some development work for them. It's been a great relationship. 
And uh, I, I'm, I couldn't do what I'd, I'd do without having a tire sponsorship, being on track so many days. And, but they also know that if there's an issue or something that, yeah, they're gonna get called out on it. And that's also what they're trying to do is, is be better. Um, Racer Gloves, Racer Gloves has been with me now for, for many, many years. And uh, I've yet to wear a better glove, period. And <clears throat> they also know though, that there's an issue, they'll get called out on it. So, all right, that's really, that's really all I have. So getting into the list a little bit, um, what surprised me when I did the list is that there wasn't a Honda or Ducati on the list. And that obviously wasn't by any design. I looked back on it and I, I looked, I didn't ride, I didn't ride a Honda all last year. So I never spent any time on a Honda uh, last year at all. I did ride quite a few Ducatis. And yeah, the Ducati didn't make the list. And uh, we'll talk a little bit about what the criteria is, is, is maybe why they're not on, not on the list. And um, I know Ducati's not super happy with me right now, but um, yeah, if they wanna change my mind, yeah, step up, give me a bike, right? Let's, let's go through it and we'll do, we'll do some development on it and, and I'll, be happy to, I'll be happy to test it and, and, and um, podcast about it. The criteria to be on the list is it starts with the fun factor. I mean, when I get off the bike, how much am I smiling? How fun was the bike to ride? And I mean, that, that's sort of everything, right? It's how fun is the bike to ride? And, but there's a little bit more to it than that. Is it fun to, is it fun to own and maintain, right? So if the thing is, is, is just completely full of maintenance, or it's really complicated, then I, I kind of don't want anything to do with it to a degree. Um, or, or I want good factory support, or I want a clear path on how that bike works. Um, so it is fun. And I just don't want it to be, I don't want it to be, I don't want the process to be complicated. I, so that's, that's, one of, that's the second one. And the other one is, I, I want it to have the ability to let me be a rider. So I want to be able to ride the bike and be in a position to work on me as a rider and work on the nuances that that bike offers and not be so overshadowed by, for instance, power or um, abrupt throttle inputs or whatever it might be, right? I wanna be able to ride the bike and, and be able to be in a position to think about my riding and <clears throat> what, how does that bike enhance my riding or, or how can I take advantage of the nuances of that bike? So that's sort of the criteria to be on the list. And the last thing is, um, the, the podcast in general, when I do a topic, there are many, many written pages. And the, they, they, the written pages get distilled down and distilled down and distilled down, but there are many, many pages. And because I, have a, I do have, as you know, I have a lot of things to say and I, I do value your time and I try to make these as, as condensed as possible. Uh, this podcast, is completely unscripted. And it's that way because one of the things I learned at, um, as being a road test, um, a road test rider, is we want your organic thoughts, right? We don't want you to, <clears throat> we, we, we just want to have those thoughts that stick in your brain in a very short, condensed amount of time that look at what the bike's characteristics are. So. This will be completely unscripted. I'm gonna read the bike's brand and what it is, and then I'm just gonna, whatever comes to me and um, what comes to me organically, 
that's that's sort of what the test is going to be. So um, I wanted to make it so you're getting my my true my true thoughts of the bike. So all right, let's get on with um, let's get on with podcast eighty seven. Okay, top ten bikes I rode in twenty twenty one. This was a really fun exercise, and I, I do hope to do this uh, annually. Uh, this list changed a few times. Um, it changed, the order certainly changed a bunch of times as I, I kind of got thinking about it. And as I sent my notes around to my group, and yes, I have my work checked and, and um, I have a critique just like, just, like you're, just like you should, I was reminded there was a couple bikes on here I forgot or was questioned about the order. And uh, so this is, the, this is the final top 10 order. So without further ado, let's, uh, let's dive into it. And there, there's gonna be some fun surprises on here for everyone. Um, and again, I'm, I'm very blessed to be able to ride all of, these, all of these different motorcycles. So number 10, uh, the Kawasaki H2SX. Um, I was one of the testers at motorcycle.com and I got to ride this bike. And I've been wanting to ride this bike for so long. And uh, I got to ride it and Wow, it checked off a lot of boxes. It was just a joy to ride. Um, super fun. The motor's just completely intoxicating. Very Kawasaki-like, which, which is the motor's exceptional. The mapping is, is, is exceptional. Um, just, just a very fun bike to ride. And it's a bike that you just cannot wait to get the bike <laughs> pointed straight and driving. And it was just, again, just a, a joy to ride. But that's, that's sort of not the whole big picture. It, it, yeah, it's a great motor, awesome, great electronics, and, and all that's wonderful, but the front end of the bike worked fantastic, the brakes worked fantastic, just super communicative, and just, again, you could use the power because you knew that you could stop, and I, just a joy from turn in, turn in down to the slow point um, on that corner, and just had a great time riding it. Yeah, the shortcomings, the shock sucked, um, and the rear sets sucked. And I realized it's not supposed to be, say, a track motorcycle. Um, but I'm telling you, this bike is a rear shock and rear sets away from being a terror on the track. I, I just enjoyed my time on it. And even with the, the shock, um, not, not in a great, not with a great setting, um, I was only a few seconds off uh, the other bikes that day on this and not, and not being able to run um, any type of roll speed on the bike. Uh, but the entry straight up and down and the exit, oh my gosh, just a, a joy to ride. Had a great time on that bike. All right, number nine, uh, 2021 Kawasaki ZX-10. And I rode a few iterations of this bike. I rode them very stock. Um, I've ridden them semi-modified. I've, I've yet to ride one that's in complete, say, stock 1000 trim. But I really like this bike. It's, um, I think Kawasaki did more things to this bike than they let on to. Uh, it, it, it runs better. It has better electronics. Um, it turns better. It just, it's just a really fun bike to ride. Um, and not crazy overwhelming with the power. It has this interesting ZX-10 characteristic, which is as you come off of a corner, it doesn't really feel that fast off of a corner, and the power just keeps building. So you're right, you're like, oh, this is pretty good, and it just the power just keeps coming. And it's funny because on the bike, 
that's what it feels like. But when, when you're behind the bike, and trust me, I've attempted to follow a bunch of these on my G6R 1000, um, they come off a corner. Holy smokes, did they come off a corner. But the 2021, you know, just has a little bit more refinement with um, some of the electronics, um, the way the bike turns. Um, just, I'm, I'm super impressed with that bike and uh, I would have no problem having one of those in, in my stable for sure. Yeah, I mean, there are some shortcomings with it. The shock's not great. Um, and the initial throttle is, is, is horrific. Um, but once you get past the initial throttle, um, and that, that of course could be, that can be tuned out. So that's, that's not a big issue there, but yeah, 2021 ZX10 fun bike. Really enjoyed riding it, and uh, I, I hope to spend more time on these. Number eight um, was a little bit of a surprise, but I kept coming back to it. I didn't get much time on this bike, but man, did I enjoy it. It was the, the BMW M, M1000RR. It was, a, it was a treat to be able to ride this bike. I rode it pretty much bone stock, and I really liked it. The ergonomics were fantastic. Um, it has some really cool BMW um, traits, I believe, and it also has some not cool BMW traits. But one of the things, having ridden a lot of the, I've ridden all the iterations of the, of the S1000, the first versions, the updates, I've ridden the, the, the old HP4, um, HP4 Carbon, ridden all those bikes, and they have a little bit of a tendency to not feel very connected to the ground with the tire compaction. It just does, never feels like you're squashing the, the, the contact patches. And this bike fixed that. It, it is, again, it is um, a, a great bike. The brakes were beyond outstanding. The feel was beyond outstanding. Um, it turned incredible. Um, very, very stable, which, which some of the other models weren't that stable. Uh, this is very stable. Uh, the one thing I, 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 the one gripe I have is the is the power band. Um, I've ridden and I've ridden this model bike, not the M's, but I've ridden the new, new version with flash ECUs and all that stuff, race kit harnesses, and they still have that characteristic where the motor's pretty weak down, and then the hit, um, the hit to the power is pretty abrupt. And this was better, but it was still there. Um, that said, I, I really enjoyed my time on this bike and it's a bike that I, again, I felt like I could lap all day and just have a, a, just a great time, great time riding it. And as much as the motor is intoxicating, the chassis is also intoxicating as well. Just the way it turns and um, the, way that just the way everything works. So um, I like that bike a lot, expensive bike. Number seven. Um, so this bike was a surprise and it's kind of a, it's a bike that I've wanted to ride and I'm, one of my clients has one and uh, is the Daytona 765, um, I think it's the RS, uh, it's the Moto2, whatever the Moto2 version is. And again, a bike I really liked. It, it, um, it was just a really friendly motorcycle. And I would love, this one had a little bit of modifications on ergonomics, suspension was still stock. Um, I believe it was on Pirelli Slicks. And I had a great time riding the bike, um, very fun. Uh, the, this bike I had to kind of go through and do some, some tweaking with, and I still wasn't quite happy with it. But the bottom line, in a few flying laps on this bike, I was only a few seconds, off, a couple seconds off being able to qualify for 600 national on it. And this is completely stock electronics, no flash, no anything. 
So I, I, I like this bike. I think this bike is a little bit of a hidden gem and the prices are really reasonable. Uh, I think there's a lot of value to this motorcycle. I would love to have a stock one to, to play with. Um, I think there's a lot of motorcycle there. And again, just a really easy bike to ride. Doesn't, quite honestly, it doesn't feel fast. It is. Um, very good stability straightened down the brakes. Um, again, very communicative. Just a joy to ride. Um, very impressed with this motorcycle and I, I would love to have one. All right, so number six, number six. Um, I'm laughing, I put my own bike on here. Uh, a G6R1000, mine's a 18 I think, 18 or 19. I bought it as a leftover uh, from PCP uh, in, in Sacramento. And it's a GSX-R 1000 R model. And I've written it stock, I wrote it stock for, I've had it a couple years, I wrote it stock for a year, um, and then wanted to um, get rid of the ABS. The ABS was starting to hold me back. And so, of course, to change the ABS on that, you'd literally have to flash the ECU, remove all the ABS, put different brake lines on it, all, the, all this stuff. So. It ended up being kind of a two-phase project, three, fa three phases to this project. One was bone stock, had a joy riding the bike. I love the power band. Um, it, really, it really does have, it still has that incredible GSX-R, these, these traits, right? It has this mid-corner stability. It has this torque that comes off the corner. And honestly, I love the electronics on this bike. Um, just the way the TC works, I, I feel like the TC, um, has just the right amount of intrusion. It has the right amount of adjustability. I, I just, one of the reasons I bought the bike was because of the, the electronics. Second phase on this is, yeah, I, I did end up, um, you know, brake lines, I put a pipe on it, a Graves pipe. Um, I got a custom FTECU uh, flash. Uh, they did some things that I, characteristics that I wanted for it. Um, and then kind of the third phase is I did put Olean's suspension on it and I got kind of a custom valve shock and some custom work in the forks. And it, this bike, still stock body work and bars and all that stuff. Uh, what a joy to ride. Um, it is fast, holy crap, um, it is fast. And it's a bike that every time I get on it, I'm like, I can't believe how fast this bike is. I, I actually ended up sitting my fastest time last year at truck wall in B mode uh, rather than A mode. Um, the thing's got some heat. Um, but again, just incredibly stable. Um, it turns incredibly well. I, I typically only ride the bike on Q4s. I think I had slicks on there once. But again, it's a bike that even on Q4s, I could, I could qualify for a national on. It's um, exceptional, exceptional motorcycle. Um, and it's easy, right? I just, I get done riding it, I put it on the side stand, and um, you know, it changes the oil every, every few days and throw brake pads at it, and that's about it. So it's also a bike I could probably be talked out of, uh, out of I could be probably talked into selling it at some point. Um, I typically hold kind of project bikes like this for a couple of years and then sell them. So if someone's interested in it, you can <laughs> reach me offline. Um, amazing motorcycle. Oh, and it's only got like 3,000 miles on it. I don't ride it a lot, um, but great bike. Um, just, just, it literally is the epitome of just a solid GSX-R that can kind of do no wrong. All right, number five. So I got reintroduced to this bike. Um, 
this last year, and it's a bike that I've spent literally, I, I don't know, I'd have to add it up, but I probably have 60, 70, 70,000 track miles on. And I hadn't ridden them, because I, I kind of went to the next iteration. And uh, this, this bike is the Yamaha FC1. And kind of went to the, the Yamaha FC10. And interestingly enough, the 10 stock form um, wasn't as good as the FC1 in stock to stock. And we had to do a lot of, a lot of modifications to the FC10 to get to the, to the base FC1. And again, I've, I have so many miles on the Yamaha FC1, I got reintroduced to this bike and I was like, oh, criminy, how good is this thing? Um, just I love this motorcycle. So uh, <laughs> loved it so much, I ended, up, I ended up buying one. So I've got one that uh, I'm gonna be using just for some fun. We bought one at track time. Um, track day company that I own. We've got an FC1 there, and uh, it's just a great two-up bike or a great bike to, to run laps. They are lap dogs. They require basically nothing but oil changes and gas. They're so easy to ride. Um, just incredible mechanical grip, stability. I can't say enough good things about this bike. Um, yeah, Yamaha FC1, great bike. All right. Starting to kind of get down there a little bit. Uh, so that was number five. Number four. Number four, I, th I think there's some, I think there's a lot more potential to this bike than, than it sort of leads, leads on. Um, I, I got introduced to this bike um, a couple of years ago and I spent more time on it this year and that bike is the KTM 890R. It, it's a surprise. Um, I've ridden kind of one version of it, which is basically stock with either Q3s or Q4s. And honestly, it's shocking how fast you can go on these bikes. I'm not, I'm only a couple, on Q4s, bone stock, I'm only a couple seconds off a really good 600 time uh, up at the ridge uh, on this bike. And incredibly fun to ride. Um, just easy, the ergonomics are a little bit different, but once you kind of get used, it takes you a lap or so to get used to, to the um, ergonomics, but what this bike can do coming off of a corner and in the middle of the corner is, is, is shocking. And it doesn't feel fast, that's the crazy thing. Looking at the data graphs on this bike, um, coming off of a corner, we've compared it to some, honestly, we've compared it to some Grave 600s. It's, it's better initially to the curb than say a Grave 600. Um, it is amazing how well this bike comes off a corner and how it finishes a corner. Uh, amazing, I know uh, when a couple of my instructors have them, uh, Mark Price, Andy Debrino, Andy's having a lot of success riding his 890R. Um, I would, yeah, I would definitely not kick this bike out of my garage. Um, that said, um, it's not perfect, it's not a perfect motorcycle. So a little bit of a struggle um, getting the ABS to turn off and that definitely holds you back on some of the entries. And the other one is, honestly, is the reliability. Um, yeah. There have been some issues with the, with the engine reliability on it. So um, I would love to have one. I'd like to see that hopefully get a little addressed, be a little bit more robust, but I still, I still would absolutely buy one. All right, getting down to the top three. Um, the third one, number three, 
is a bike that I've actually spent a decent amount of time on and I've, got, I've gotten to know well. And it's, it is this, it's a surprise bike. Um, and it, it, yeah, again, just a bike that you just want to spin laps on is the Graves Kawasaki ZX6. And I noticed I said Graves Kawasaki ZX6. The, the standard ZX6 didn't, not going to make this list. And, I, and we have one, right? We have one in our, in our, our, our little instructor fleet. We have one. In stock, the bike is fine. It's fine. <laughs> it's, it's kind of uninspiring. Um, it's, I mean, it's fun to ride, don't get me wrong. It, 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 it has good electronics, a little abrupt initial throttle, um, runs well, um, has a cruddy rear shock, fork is great, brakes are great. Um, it's a great bike to ride, great bike to instruct on. Weirdly enough, stock, it does not produce a lap time. It feels great, it does nothing wrong, it just does not produce a lap time. Um, bizarre. The Graves version, so let's talk a little bit about that. It's not just one thing. Dude, it's a Graves bike, the motor. Honestly, the motor's like the least part of it. And having worked with Graves for so many years, what they do well is, is the culmination, right? It's every single nut and bolt on the motorcycle that puts together this complete package. So it's, it's I've never ridden a motorcycle that has better electronics. Um, and that also, same thing like my G6R1000 has similar, similar type of electronics that this bike has as far as who tuned it. And uh, the electronics is just incredible. The suspension's incredible. Um, the motor runs really good. It's incredibly strong. Of course it is. Um, it's not as, it, it, it wasn't, it didn't take me aback like I thought it would, but it, I mean, they run incredibly well. And I've seen some trap speeds on this bike with a lighter rider against my G6R1000. It's not far off. Like we're talking only a mile an hour off. That's how fast the, how fast the bike is. It also is a bike that has to be ridden slightly differently. And compared to say uh, R6, or even the Triumph is, a, is another great example. Um, the bike does not like necessarily the, the big roll speed. Um, it likes to get in and, and it likes to be on the rear tire. Um, the fork works really well straight up and down. Um, the, 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 but, but what the bike likes to be doing is it likes to be driving. It likes to be driving. It does not like the slowest point of the corner rushed. It, it likes to be on the rear tire and, and working. And if you understand that and ride the bike to that, to, that, um, to that degree, again, phenomenal motorcycle to ride. Just, just absolutely super, super fun. Um, turns incredibly well. I would say it turns better than the, than the R6. Um, also, again, just, just great adjustability. So the Graves Kawasaki ZX6, um, big fan, ergonomics are great, um, very adjustable motorcycle. Um, yeah, another one that I, I definitely wouldn't kick out of my garage. All right, number two. This is a surprise. And uh, so again, let's go back to the criteria that to, make, to get on this list is the fun factor. Fun to ride, fun to, you know, fun to own and maintain, and the ability to let me be a rider. 
And number two is Kawasaki Ninja 400. So I have a lot of laps on this bike. And in, in, in many different configurations, I have laps on a very fast um, Club 400, like very fast Club 400. I have laps on a Graves 400. And I have laps on bone stock bikes and I have laps on slightly modified bikes with all different tire, tire brands. And this bike is, I think it's just a great training bike. And, and yes, to be clear, back in the day, I, 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 I bitched about the small bikes. And I bitched about them because of the low torque and the way that you had to race them was really um, counterintuitive to how you actually have to ride them properly. And now, this bike makes enough torque, and same with the R3 to, an to, to a degree, they make enough torque you can ride them like a real, like a real motorcycle. And they, they are just an incredibly great training platform. We have a couple in our fleet at track time. One of my clients has got a couple. So actually, we, we, one of my clients came to learn a track and we, we did the feel like a pro thing on the stock bikes. And he's like, I don't wanna ride a 400. And I'm like, dude, just come ride a 400. So we did, and after that day, he's like, I'm buying, I'm, I'm getting a 400. He goes, that was, he goes, that was the funnest day on a motorcycle I've ever had. And one of my funnest days last year on a motorcycle, there's a few of them, but honestly, the funnest days on, my motorcycle, on a motorcycle last year involved Ninja 400s. So you can do them incredibly cheap. Our bikes um, basically have a Graves front brake rotor, um, brake pads, I think we even have stock brake lines. Um, we have rear sets and that's it. And that's all you need. The stock suspension works incredibly well. Um, so if people are telling you that, oh my gosh, you can't ride the bikes for unridable stock suspension, honestly, that's bullshit. We've, we have been able to qualify for a junior cup race on these bikes on Q3s, Dunlop Q3s, and we can qualify for a junior cup race with stock suspension. So they work amazingly well. Um, complete lap dogs. Once you get up into um, riding them pretty hard, um, we did sort of a second level with these, which is we have got a Graves ECU flash, a quick shifter, and then we got a Spears clutch kit in them. And that just helps out a little bit with the reliability um, of the clutch, because once you start beating on them pretty hard, the clutches are pretty weak. And yeah, we, we just, we lap these and lap these and lap these. Um, we, we had one of these at Nelson Ledges earlier this year um, that basically, I, I think the bike was out all day. Um, when we looked at the aim at the end of the day, I think that bike ended up with 100, over 100, well over 100 laps um, between all the different riders. And the bike's like, ah, oh, we don't care. Plus the tires, right? We will go, well, matter of fact, I don't think we've changed the tires on a couple of these bikes since, since, um, I don't know, we put these bikes together back in, I think, September. Uh, we haven't changed the tires yet. In the track time bikes, we'll change tires a couple times a year because that's really all they need. So Kawasaki Ninja 400, what a great bike, great learning tool. Um, honestly, if you can't have fun on this bike, then uh, you may want to check yourself a little bit. Uh, all right, number one. The number one, I'd say the, the, the funnest, most kick-ass bike that I rode last year, Graves R6. Um, yeah, honestly, this is a special bike. They're expensive, and guess what? They're worth every penny. Um, there's so much information that, that is out there on these bikes that Graves has gone through. It, it is, 
I, there isn't a bike that goes from straight up and down at, and then from turn into the apex, turn into the slow point like this bike does. Um, I just haven't found it. Um, the way it feels, the speed, the confidence this bike gives you. This is, this is one of those rare bikes that every corner, the bike's like, yep, you can do this. I got you, um, let's go. And you, you just feel like you kind of never really get to the limits um, with this bike. So Graves R6, so what makes it so special? And again, it's the culmination of the amount of time that's in this motorcycle. Um, it's, it's the preparation of how the bike is, is essentially put together. It's fairly easy to work on. Um, doesn't require a ton of maintenance. And the adjustability, the bike works in such a great envelope that if, depending on what you're, you're asking the bike to do, there is enough information on this bike that you can make a change and, and literally nail that, that, that thing that you want right out of the gate because there's so much information available, available to these bikes. Um, so the suspension, like I said, what, you know, the settings that they've got, are just, they just do a fantastic job with that. We know what the bike can do. And again, the adjustability. The electronics, I haven't ridden a better bike with, I have not ridden a bike that has better electronics on this motorcycle. Um, with initial throttle and especially the engine braking, um, it's just amazing. And of course there's different levels. I think this bike has three levels of dry TC, it has three levels of, of rain TC, it has three levels of engine braking, um, incredible. And motor-wise, it's interesting on the motor. Um, they come off a corner incredibly well, it has good mid-range. It revs out really well, but doesn't make a lot of top-end horsepower. We'll, we'll see what the 2022 rules do for the bike. Um, I would love more top-end power with the bike because the chassis is so good. Um, but really, the strengths of the motor are how it comes off of a corner and how it pulls, say, through, we'll just say how it pulls through, say, fourth gear. Um, unbeatable motorcycle when it comes to that. Um, super, super fun. So Graves R6 is, uh, yeah, the number one bike that I rode in, in 2021. All right, there you have it. Um, there's my list for, for the top 10 bikes that I rode in uh, 2021. I hope you enjoyed it. And I hope I get to do more of these. Thanks for tuning in. Ken Hill Podcast, 2021, all rights reserved.